Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah. They say just as our bodies need nourishment to survive, our souls need to be nourished as well. But the question is, how often do we feed our souls? Welcome to Soul Food, a podcast about spiritual refinement. My name is Amjad Tarsin, and I invite you to embark with me on this journey inward to work on our souls. Take my hand, come with me. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to episode 28 of Soul Food, where we're going to look at the hereafter and remembrance of the life to come. Inshallah, in this episode, we'll look at the remembrance of death. We'll look at reflecting on the life of the grave. We'll look at the importance of asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for a good ending to one's life. And then we'll also look at some of the events of the Day of Judgment, some of the events of the last day. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ قُلْ إِنَّ الْمَوْتَ الَّذِي تَفِرُّونَ مِنْهُ فَإِنَّهُ مُلَاقِيكُمْ ثُمَّ تُرَدُّونَ إِلَىٰ عَالِمِ الْغَيْبِ وَالشَّهَادَةِ فَيُنَبِّئُكُمْ بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ Allah says, so say to the people that the death that you run away from, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala recognizes that death is something that we as human beings were not really crazy about remembering it all the time and thinking about it, and that our nufus want to avoid the topic as much as possible, which is why it's kind of in you know, popular culture, it's something that's like nobody really wants to reflect on and it's almost taboo to even talk about. Allah says, the death that you run away from will come to meet you and you will be returned to the one who knows the unseen as well as the seen. He will tell you everything you have done. And it's important as Ramadan is ending and as we come to the conclusion of soul food uh, that we reflect upon the reality that is going to meet all of us. And it is a heavy topic, there's no doubt about it. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He gives us His mercy and forgiveness and tawfiq and His enabling grace. But we have to reflect on it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Qur'an mentions death and the remembrance of death and the hereafter. And even in soul food we've touched upon it indirectly so many times in the Qur'an that it's central to our practice and our reflection and our belief as Muslims to reflect on death and to remember death often. And one of the benefits uh, of remembering death and the hereafter is that it actually gives life to the heart. You know, when we think about death, it comes off as something that's like really brings the conversation down and to be fair, there's some people who could overdo it. And as we mentioned, you know, every virtue is a balance between two extremes. So you don't go to a wedding and start talking about death. Right? That's not the or on Eid you start talking about death. That's not necessarily the best platform to actually publicly remind people about death. But it is something that uh, uh, should be at the forefront of our minds on an individual level and even in our learning and in our Friday khutbahs and so forth because it gives meaning and life to the heart. 
you know, when someone finds out that they're going to, to die or they have like a disease and the doctor tells them, you know, you have six months left, a lot of those people really make the most of those six months and they begin to do the things and the dreams and the aspirations that they had. They take it really seriously and they accomplish in the, those six months what they probably never accomplished in years leading up to that. So one of the things that we see is that death kind of wakes us up. The remembrance of it says, okay, I have to get right. I have to make the most of my life. I have to prioritize what's actually meaningful, what relationships are meaningful, what actions are meaningful, how I need to change, how I need to improve, and most importantly, how am I going to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And lengthy hopes, the ulama, they talk about having long hopes. And what is long hopes? Oh, inshallah, you know, when I get to 50 years old or when I make hajj or when I grow older and I have, a, you know, and I'm married and I have a bunch of kids, then I'm going to start preparing for, for, for the akhirah. Then I'm going to improve as a person. Then I'm going to get right with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But that causes us to fail. You know, if we treated our worldly life that way, if someone said, you know, I'm going to go to college when I'm like 60 years old, I'm going to get my, I'm going to look for a job when I'm like 60 years old, we would tell that person, you're crazy. You have to start preparing for your future and your life right now. You have to go to school, you have to do well, you have to prepare, and so on and so forth. The way that people treat the world which is of a lesser priority than the way that we should treat the akhirah, if we looked at it the same way that we treat the akhirah, then we would see that it's actually foolish, that a person needs to start preparing for the akhirah, for the hereafter right now. That we don't have, we don't have a guarantee of a long life, and the priority is to start working on it immediately. Because we could meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at any moment. And Allah says in another verse of the Qur'an, وَأَنْفِقُوا مِمَّا رَزَقَنَاكُمْ مِنْ قَبْلِ أَنْ يَأْتِيَ أَحَدَكُمُ الْمَوْتِ فَيَقُولَ رَبِّي لَوْلَا أَخَّرْتَنِي إِلَىٰ أَجَلٍ قَرِيبٍ فَأَصَّدَّقَ وَأَكُمْ مِنَ الصَّالِحِينَ Allah says, give of what we have provided for you before death comes to you. And a person will say, my Lord, if you would only reprieve me for a little while, if you only give me a, a second chance, I would give in charity and become one of the righteous. The person would say, oh Allah, let me go back. Let me go back to my life, and if I go back to my life, I promise that I'll give charity, and I'll be righteous, and I'll pray, and I'll avoid the haram, and I'll obey you, because at that point, the veil is lifted, and a person is faced with reality that they cannot argue against. So they say, oh Allah, let me just go back. But what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? وَلَنْ يُؤَخِّرَ اللَّهُ نَفْسًا إِذَا جَاءَ أَجَلُهَا وَاللَّهُ خَبِيرٌ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ God does not reprieve a soul when its turn comes. God is fully aware of what you do, that you really just get one chance at this life. So remembrance of death in the hereafter helps us turn our heart back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, helps us recognize what's really important, what's the meaning of our life. Let's look now at some of the, uh, uh, some of the, the realities of the life of the grave. And you know what's really interesting to me? is, you know, visiting traditional Muslim societies, one thing that you notice is that the graveyards are actually in the center of the city. Is that in traditional Muslim societies, they would place the graveyards in the center of the city. Whereas living, at least for myself, living in the West, you know, you have to drive like kind of out in the middle of nowhere 
to find the graveyards. They're usually kind of kept away from people's eyes because nobody really wants to, you know, be driving to school and you see these graveyards or you're going to the grocery store and you see all these graveyards because it puts a damper on, you know, the, the, the fun of life. But why did Muslim societies put them in the center of the city? For a couple of reasons. So that people would remember death regularly and say, you know what? That's probably where I'm going to be buried. And not only that, when they have loved ones and family members and righteous people and other believers who are buried in that graveyard, when they pass by those graveyards regularly, they make dua for them. They ask Allah to forgive them and raise them and so on and so forth. So it keeps that connection alive between those who are living and those who have passed on. And uh, uh, what's beautiful about the life of the grave is the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, he tells us that when a righteous person dies, that they actually, people can't hear them, but they actually tell people who are carrying them to their grave, they say out loud, uh, they say out loud to themselves, but it's only seen in the unseen world, take me to my grave. Hurry, hurry and take me to my grave because I have prepared for this day. I've been looking forward to this day. And the story of Sayyidina Bilal always is very touching. When Sayyidina Bilal, radiallahu anhu, the, the very honorable and noble companion of the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, when he was on his deathbed, his wife was saying, you know, uh, what, a, what a difficult, what a tragedy, what a difficult, you know, uh, challenge that we're going through with you dying. What a tragedy. And Sayyidina Bilal, radiallahu anhu, he said, what a joyous moment, what a joyous moment. And just imagine someone's on their deathbed, they're, they're going through death. And they're saying, what a joyous moment, what a joyous moment. And then he said to his wife, he said, غَدًا أَلْقَ الْأَحِبَّةِ مُحَمَّدًا وَصُحْبَةِ He said, tomorrow I will be united with my beloved, the Prophet Muhammad and all of his companions. I'll be united with the ones that I love. So he, even in that difficult moment that we're all scared of as human beings, it's natural. He was looking forward to it because of the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger that completely saturated his soul. That he was in love with, with the Prophet and knew that the promise of the Prophet was true and he said, you are with those that you love. One of the things about the grave, one of the ways that we have to look at the life of the grave and remember the hereafter is if you think about it, the grave is a home that you will live in longer than the home that you live in this world is. So just how we take care of our homes and we mow our lawns for those who have lawns and we decorate our houses and we want to make sure that we have nice furniture and everything looks nice and we try to have uh, uh, spacious homes and, and so on and so forth. The amount of effort that we put into that home should be less because the time that we'll spend in that home will definitely be, be, be less than the time that we spend in the home of our grave. So the question is, how are you decorating your grave? How are you furnishing your grave? And the way that you decorate and furnish your grave is through recitation of Quran, is through prayer, is through charity, is through dhikr, is through fasting, and so on and so forth. That's how you decorate your grave and that's where you're going to live much longer than you would in this world. And one of the ways that you adorn that and you actually keep that in mind 
is that before you engage in anything, ask yourself a very simple question. Is this going to benefit me in my grave or not? And the intelligent person, as the Prophet says, is the one who prepares themselves for what comes after death. So think about that. You know, and then, you know, if it's something that might not necessarily be forbidden, but you don't see how it benefits you in your grave, then you start to attach righteous intentions to it. You start to turn it into something that you connect back to Allah and the hereafter. Now let's look at the importance of a good end. And what do we mean by a good end? The good end in Arabic is called husnul khatima, that that your life ends in a beautiful way that is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us, actions are judged based on their endings. The way that you end something defines that action. So if you end something strong, like the month of Ramadan, you end Ramadan on a high note. Ramadan doesn't end with the 27th night, right? But you keep going strong until Eid, then inshallah your Ramadan, even if there was deficiencies, it will be judged based on how you ended it. As the Prophet ﷺ tells us, the way that you end your life is so critical. He says, whoever's last words in this world are La ilaha illallah. There is no God but God. There is no God but Allah. That person will enter paradise. Why? Because they've sealed their life. They've ended their life with the most noble and the greatest statement of truth and the greatest form of remembrance, period. And if they say that, then that's a sign that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them that tawfiq and they're destined for paradise. And the reason that we need to reflect upon this and we need to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for a good ending is because even if we're in a good state now, even if someone's worshiping Allah and you know praying all their prayers on time and everything is going well, they don't ultimately know what their end is. And even if someone is sinning and falling short, we don't know what their end is. So we shouldn't damn them to hell and we shouldn't write them off. We should you know, try to advise them and, and make dua for them, but we shouldn't write them off and say, that person, khalas, they're done. No, we should say, the ultimate end is unknown to anyone. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for ourselves and for everyone else and for all the believers that they are given a good end to life. And they're given husn al-khatima. There was a man, a friend of mine was telling me a story about a man who was known in, in their particular uh, town as being a, a drunkard, that he was always publicly engaging in you know uh, this major sin. And... That was kind of like, that's how everyone knew him, right? That was kind of his thing. And then they said one day at Fajr, the man came into the masjid and he was wearing all white and he made wudu to pray Fajr and he fell dead in the masjid. He just dropped dead. And it just was a sign that if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills for someone to end up in paradise, no one can write them off. That the end of his life was turning back to Allah in one of the houses of God, ready for prayer, and so on and so forth. So it's a sign that we really don't know how people are going to end up. But for ourselves, we should be uh, uh, turning to Allah and humbly, constantly, consistently asking Him for a good end. And we'll end uh, uh, this episode with some of the events of the Day of Judgment. 
So on the day of judgment, as many of us know, we'll all be resurrected before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we'll all stand in judgment for every single thing that we did in our lives. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness and to veil our shortcomings. But we're going to stand before Allah and it'll be like a movie that is playing for the entire extent of our lives. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, the people on that day will say uh, that مَا لِهَذَا الْكِتَابِ لَا يُغَادِرُ صَغِيرَةً وَلَا كَبِيرَةً إِلَّا أَحْصَاهَا What's up with this record? It has every small thing and every major thing. It hasn't missed anything from my life. That everything will be shown before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And those who's, who were believers and whose good deeds outweighed their sins, then inshallah they'll be entered into paradise. And those whose sins outweighed their good deeds and those who are disbelievers and so forth, they'll be entered into God's punishment and we ask Allah protection from that. And one of the major events that happens on the Day of Judgment is that uh, we will go to the Prophet ﷺ and we will ask him to intercede with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on our behalf. And he will intercede on behalf of his ummah, taking out so many sinful people from the fire uh, uh, and Allah will show them mercy because of the request of the Prophet ﷺ, and they'll be entered into paradise. So this is something that we need to reflect on. And there are many wonderful books, and we'll actually put in the show notes some books about the hereafter and about the Day of Judgment that really go into detail for those who are interested in learning more. So the call, the call to action today is to make it a practice, that you should make it a practice whether it's once a month, whether it's once every other month, whether it's once a week, whatever you can do to make it a habit to visit the graveyard. Just go visit the graveyard. And I know that that might seem intimidating, that might seem a little bit scary, but that's one of the greatest ways to really cleanse your heart of heedlessness and rust. Go to the graveyards, read the names of the people, of the believers who've passed, Make dua for them. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as you make dua for them, and you, you regularly visit them, inshallah Allah will send someone to your grave who will come and make dua for you. So it's something that we owe the previous believers. And inshallah, Allah will give someone who will make dua for you when you pass. But make it a habit to visit the graves. The Prophet wasallam said, visit graveyards because they remind you of the hereafter. And they help you prioritize your life. And they help you recognize that I need to get right with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I need to prepare from now. And I need to adorn this house that I'm going to, to be in. And prepare for this eternal life in the hereafter. So that brings us to the end of today's episode. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for a good ending. And that we meet Him in the most pleasing of ways to Him. And that He forgive our shortcomings and accept our good deeds, uh, uh, and uh, bless all of our uh, brothers and sisters who have passed before us, and our parents, and our loved ones, and our grandparents, and our ancestors, and that he show them mercy. I'm
Sana.